Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Own Business podcast. Now, one of the things that I have seen so many new coaches struggling with is really figuring out what to post and what type of content to create that will convert your followers into clients. So in today's episode, we have the amazing Cheryl here, who is going to share her amazing tips on how to create a really strong and impactful content strategy. So we've got a pretty jam-packed podcast episode for you guys. So let's just start things off. And Cheryl, can you just share what inspired you to start your business? Sure thing. So hello, everyone. My name is Cheryl Lau, and I am essentially a side hustle coach. So what I do is I help uh, coaches who are in a nine-to-five or some sort of full-time commitment to show up online confidently and share the work and the message and also to build a uh, brand and business that really makes an income and impact. And I really focus in on helping my clients and my audience double down on their content specifically because I really believe that um, all of us have a message that we that we have that you know someone out there needs to hear. So that actually was kind of the um, the main inspiration for what I currently do. So let me just backtrack a little bit. So a few years ago, I was actually a law school dropout and then had my quarter life crisis. I didn't know what to do with my life. And I had a lot of judgment about myself. And I also dealt with a lot of judgment from other people. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life at that time. But for some reason, I had the courage to start a YouTube channel back then, which doesn't exist anymore. And I also started a Instagram account, um, back in 2018. And I started just sharing my my story, my experiences, how I navigated parental expectations, my, my classmates' judgment when I dropped out. And slowly, I started building a very small audience and people were asking me questions about my experiences. And eventually, the questions led into something like, how did you build up your confidence to even talk about it online? And that was kind of the the inspiration for um, what I do today, which was, oh, people were asking me about how I can, you know, show up with confidence and share my work and my message. So let me try to help people with that and create more content on that. And then actually I started my coaching program based on that, but it turns out that my beta client at the time actually got her first paying client through our work together. So that kind of eventually snowballed into more like a business coaching uh, niche, I guess you can say. So that's really how I got started in this particular business. Nice. I love that you were able to take your past um, like experience and your the things that you knew really well and you were able to turn that into a business instead of just kind of relying on your formal education or um, things that you were taught in school. I think that always makes someone's business a lot more unique and a lot more personable. So you have a very successful online business and on top of that, you're also a PhD student. So how do you have the time to do both? That is a question I get very, very often. And even sometimes I'm like, how do I do this? Because sometimes you're just going, you're just doing all the things and you, you don't really pay, you don't really, you know, sometimes it feels, um, how should I say it? So, you know, I think at first I was definitely having a lot of resistance towards balancing both. And I actually thought about closing down my business. So initially when I first started my, so I was in a nine to five first when I had my business, but then eventually I switched into my PhD program. So then I became a student. So at first, when I first transitioned from my nine to five to PhD student, I was so stressed out about my business because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. I had to close out my business. But then I realized that the, there's two things I realized. So number one is a mindset thing. And number two is like a practical thing. So when it comes to the mindset thing, I really realized that time management really just comes down to mind management because every single person has the same 24 hours in a day. It's really how you manage your thoughts about it. 
And are you spending most of your time worrying and stressing out over how, how little time you have? Or are you really choosing to stay focused and grounded in what you do have and really making the most out of it? So then that leads me to the second point, which is more the, the practical um, tip that I might I can share with the audience, which is really just master one platform first. Because if you're building like a coaching business um, and you're using social media to grow your business, it's really important to just maybe pick one platform and really maximize as much features of that platform as possible. Because for example, my main platform right now is Instagram, and I haven't even really mass taken taken advantage of all of the features. For example, I don't do enough Instagram lives or IGTVs for that matter. I mean, in Hong Kong, we don't have Reels, which is a huge shame because Reels seems so much fun. But you know, there's many features I still haven't used, even if they're available to me here in Hong Kong. And I think one of the main things I wanted to share here is that. Back in 2019, when I first started my business, I was doing many, 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 many things in my business. So that includes building an email list, doing a podcast, YouTube, Instagram stories, Instagram posts, Facebook group, Facebook posts on my Facebook page and all the things. And then I burnt out. I burnt out four or five months after I started my business. And I actually had to take a six six or so month hiatus for my business. And when I came back in 2020, that's when I really figured out, okay, no more, no more hustling 24 seven, really focus on one platform. So actually in 2020 for the majority of the year, I actually only did Instagram. And then later on in the year I did my, I started my podcast, but the main point I want to share here is to really, um, if anyone here has a nine to five or they're in graduate school and they're building a business on the side, I would really recommend just really figure out what platform works best for you and maximize it. Yeah, I agree. I think that when new coaches first start out, they're so excited about just starting and they want to do everything. And they're hearing people talking about how they have Facebook groups and then they see people going lives like once a week. And then they see people posting reels like three times a week. And there's just so many things that new coaches could be doing, but you are totally right. And it's going to lead to burnout if you're, if you're trying to do everything as well as managing a nine to five, because then you're, you, you've kind of found like a work life balance, or you've, I guess you've kind of found like a work side hustle balance, but you haven't been able to balance in and account for like your life and all of the downtime that you want. And that's going to be really, really challenging as a new coach, because you still want to have all of these other areas of your life available. Yeah, I really resonated with that because I think, um, you know, actually one thing that that reminded me of is back when I was at first starting out my business, I was worried about, oh, well, like what, what sacrifices do I need to make? Because all these people are saying how you need to you know, make sacrifices to make your business work. But then I think over time, I realized that you really get to choose what you want to sacrifice. So do you want to sacrifice um, time with your family and friends? Or do you want to sacrifice like two hours scrolling on Instagram passively? You, get, you really get to choose what you want to let go of so that you can actually make room for things that are more conducive to your life, whether it's your personal life or business life. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, as you said, it's definitely all about time management and managing your mind. And I like personally, I find that when I'm able to really stick to a schedule, then that's when I'm working the most efficiently and not just scrolling passively on Instagram. You have a very successful coaching business. You've been doing it for a while and you could potentially go full-time in it, but you're kind of one of the, the rare coaches out there that I found who going full-time maybe isn't their, their full priority right now. And so you decided to pursue a PhD. So what kind of led you down that path? Yeah, you know, there, there were many moments where I was grappling with the idea of, should I go full-time in the business or should I at least 
give my career goals a shot first before making it before coming to this decision once again. So I think um, because I really do love both things, um, I think I'm very grateful that I have the privilege to pursue both of these things at the same time, or even just one of those things is already a huge privilege. But I think just for me, I have certain career goals. I really just really just want to give it a go first. I really want to try it out. You know, I really want to see what contributions I can make to the research field, um, what are skills and ideas I can contribute to research, and really just explore my own research interests and um, ideas and maybe create my own uh, research and see what impact I can make that way. But I also wanted to just mention that I, I think that for anyone who's building a business, and um, so basically my thought process right now is that I have, I've created the option where eventually if I have, if I want to choose, I, I have the option to choose. And I think that's a, that's definitely something that I wouldn't have been able to do. I wouldn't have really had any choice if I hadn't started this business. So I think, you know, it's, it's really definitely a huge privilege. I even get to create this business in the first place. So yeah, that's, that's my thought on that. Cool. Yeah. And I think that creating a business definitely does open up a lot more opportunities for people um, more so than like a nine to five would. But I think it's really important for people to understand and kind of realize that going full-time isn't is it's not meant for everybody like I know that's kind of the end goal that so many people want but for some people maybe maybe they're just creating this business as an extra uh, source of income or maybe they're just doing it because they're really passionate about what they they're talking about but just because you want to start an online business it doesn't mean that you have to go down that same path that everybody else has gone down yeah I, I really like that being you know because when I was first introduced to the online coaching space, I was really bombarded with messages from coaches saying, the coaches encouraging um, people to leave their nine to five and pursue business full time, which I understand because for many people, the nine to five structure really just isn't the right fit. But then because I was so swamped with messages like this, I forgot that there's actually people on the other hand who really, they really do like that structure from the yeah. nine to five. And then, yeah, so then it's just really figuring out, you know, what are your like what kind of structure, whether it's a nine to five structure or um, business, like having the freedom, having that much freedom to choose what you want to do, like which one works best for you? Is it a mix? Is it one over the other? Really have clarity over what works best for you. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Okay. So as I said at the beginning, today we're going to be talking more about content and personal branding. So what does a strong personal brand look like to you? Mm, okay. So I think when it comes to a strong personal brand, the way I like to look at it is, let's say we are looking at you and one of your peers who are, who are essentially doing the same exact thing as you. So when people are looking at you versus someone else who's doing very, very similar things as you, can people tell what's the difference or what's unique about you? Because you know, if you're talking about the same exact things, then is it clear to people who you help, how you're different from one another, what is your unique contribution to your particular niche? Um, and I think another thing is, can people clearly articulate what you do, who you help, how you help them, and what's so unique or different about your specific approach to helping people. Um, so I think um, that to me is what makes up a personal brand is, is it clear? And can people tell you apart from another um, competitor or fellow colleague in your particular niche? So yeah, that's how I would like to look at um, a strong brand. Yeah, definitely. I think having that clarity of like what differentiates you is essential because there's so many people on Instagram who offer like pretty similar services, but having that personal brand that differentiates you, that's going to be the thing that causes people to pick you over working with somebody else. Um, so as we kind of talked about, like content is, it's, it's a huge part of building a personal brand and 
that's really probably the most visible aspect of it is everything that you're creating. So how can new coaches create a really strong content strategy? Okay. So when I think of content strategy, I really think about what are different types of content you can create. So when I I broke it down for myself, I noticed that I was creating primarily four types of content. So they are um, number one, authority building content, number two, relationship building content, number three, attracting content, and number four, selling content. So the first one, authority building content, to me, what that looks like is essentially, can you show people that you know what you're talking about? So for example, are you showcasing your own thought leadership? Are you talking about your opinions? Are you sharing your stance on particular issues in your niche? And maybe are you showing people that you know the information part of your niche? Or are you sharing educational tips. So anything that really showcases that you know what you're talking about, that to me is what authority building content looks like. And then number two is relationship building content. So anything that really furthers that sense of know, like, and trust of people, because it's one thing to show that you know what you're talking about, but if people don't really feel like they like you enough to DM you and inquire about your coaching programs, then it's kind of... mm, it's kind of counterproductive to be producing so much content. And then number three, the attracting content, that to me is more like the shareable viral content that will really grab people's attention when they first see that post and people are immediately more inclined to reshare it. So that to me is what um, attracting content looks like. So for example, uh, memes, those um, the, the Twitter tweet style t- uh, posts, uh, maybe even some infographics are really popular and viral. Um, and then for selling content, it's just anything that really sells your content. So anything that includes a sales call to action, maybe you're showing um, social proof or testimonials or client case studies, um, your own case study of yourself, or maybe you working behind the scenes in your business, anything that showcases the business part of your your entire brand and business. So that to me, um, when I think, so, so when I look at content strategy, I really think about how can I make sure I have a balanced mix of all these types of um, four types of content. Um, And I feel like that's worked really well for me and my clients so far. Cool. I love how you've broken those down into four like pretty, pretty easily digestible pieces. And they're, they're all very distinct from each other so that you know kind of exactly what type of content to be creating. One of the things that I see a lot of new coaches doing is that they're just creating how-to content because that's kind of like, it's the easiest content to make because they have all of this knowledge, but it really kind of, stops them from attract or it stops them from signing clients because they're kind of giving away all of their information for free and they're they're putting everything out on the table and not holding anything for their paid programs and stuff um what are some other common mistakes that you see new coaches making with content Mm, okay so one of the common things i've noticed is a lot of new coaches because they haven't really gotten um, as much experience or they haven't worked with as much clients yet what they tend to do is they'll look at a more successful coach and they're essentially just modeling or even flat out copying that coach's content and i mean i understand that maybe you haven't has as much a client experience yet, but what you do have is you have your own personal experiences, you have your opinions, you have your own stance on different issues. So how can you leverage what's inside you already and create content based on that in order to stand out? Because no one can take away your own opinions, your own experiences, your examples, your your story. No one can take away that from you. But if you're just simply copying or modeling heavily after other coaches, people can tell. 
especially if it's someone who's very well known in their particular niche, people can immediately tell who you're modeling after. And that's not, that's not a good look for your, your brand or your business. Um, so maybe another tip for, for the audience is that if they are creating educational content, then how can you apply your own, um, your own examples, opinions, and story into that educational, informational piece of content? How can you just put your own spin on it, essentially? We, we hear it time and time again, but there's really a lot of truth to that particular um, that advice that you hear about putting your own spin on things because no one can take away that those experiences and what's inside your brain like no one can take away take that away from you um and i think one more thing is that a lot of people when they're first starting out they're really afraid to showcase their personality because they feel like it's too boring it's not uh bubbly enough it's not bright enough i think people have a lot of um they, they, they don't feel confident enough in who they naturally are. And they, as a result, they either shy away from their own personality or they try to, again, model after what they think is the successful way to, or how, how they should show up. They have all these preconceived notions about what is the correct way to show up so that they can seem more confident or seem more likable or seem more successful. So I think the main thing here is just be, really be aware of, are you taking too much inspiration from another coach and how are you translating your own experiences, opinions into your content. Yeah, I love that. I think that so many things I want to touch on. First, I think that it's it's so common to see, or I guess it, it's so common to want to kind of replicate the success that you've seen other people go through. And I think it's so hard to stop yourself from like copying or mimicking the types of posts that you see other people doing because you want that same success for yourself. And one thing that I also see in a lot of new coaches is that because they're kind of at a time in their business journey where they're just consuming so much information and they're learning all of these strategies, what they tend to do is they don't actually take the time to implement those strategies into their own business so that they can formulate their own opinion on it or their own experience and then share that with their audience. They're just kind of taking the strategies and copy and pasting them and sharing them with their audience. But what's missing is that personal touch. And I really like what you said about bringing your personality into your business, because that's one of the things that I try to get all of my clients to, to do as well, because I found that that's the easiest way for people to really relate to you and for you to humanize your business. And I think that so often people, people tend to rely on their, their work experience that they want to share when in reality, like you learn so many valuable life skills from like the random part-time jobs you had in or in, in high school and like all of the, the random things that like you and your friends did growing up like over the summers and stuff. And so I think that if you feel like you don't have any experience to bring into your business or if you don't know what, what part of your personality to, to bring in, then it's really just looking back at everything that you've gone through in your, your life before that got you to where you are today. Yeah, I really like that. And, you know, one thing that I just wanted to quickly uh, jump in here and say is that one thing that I love about your uh, Instagram stories is number one, I feel like for every single tip or like, yeah, every single tip you provide to your audience on your Instagram stories, you always you always add your personal experience or example to it. So I think you're, you like literally exemplify just that. And I think um, another way actually that I really like is it's really clear you're 
when I watch your stories, I, it's really clear to me what your personality is like. I mean, for example, um, I think last week you were talking about like you, when you put your hair up, you don't want to look bald. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's so, that's so funny. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like small touches like that. Even if they seem so like mundane or like trivial to you, like someone else is going to watch that and be like, oh, I have the same problem. When I have a high ponytail, it looks like I'm bald right? So like people can definitely relate to even the small things about your day-to-day life. So I I really love that you mentioned all that just now. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, I totally think that sometimes it's so easy for us to think that our life is boring and that people don't care about what we're doing. And like, especially now that we're in a pandemic, there's nothing really that it kind of feels like there's nothing that you can share because like you're not doing anything, but just kind of putting in those small pieces of your personality and like how your mind works is what's what other people are going to be able to relate to. And um, yeah, just, just get, uh, it's just going to resonate with them. Hey coach, I know you're loving this episode, but I had to interrupt it to tell you all about my invisible to visible one-on-one program. Are you a new coach in the first year of your business and struggling to sign your first client? My Invisible to Visible program teaches new coaches just like you how to attract consistent clients by showing up on video effectively and converting them just by being yourself and leveraging your personality to sell. This four month program is for the new coach who is craving to stand out in their industry, fill up their offers with dream clients and book out their services. In this program, I will help you go from overwhelmed and confused to a confident and empowered visibility queen that consistently sells out her services by simply showing up as herself and implementing magnetic marketing strategies. If you are a new coach and you're ready to sign consistent clients, but you're scared of showing up on camera, you're confused what content to post or how to stand out, then click the link in the show notes to apply and get ready to become way more visible. Okay, so as we've been talking about, like content is one of the most visible parts of your business. And it's where a lot of coaches get stuck because they want their content to look perfect and they want it to go viral and be like super impactful. And so they're putting all of this pressure on themselves and they're holding themselves back from actually posting because they want things to look a certain way first. So what mindset shifts do you think are necessary to overcome that hesitation and perfectionism? Ooh, okay. So I think the first thing is that for many people who might be thinking that right now, it is likely that they're at a stage in their business where their their audience is a bit smaller um, because they're just starting out and they're having a lot of these resistance towards showing up and posting. So that is actually, that in itself is a huge reason why you should start practicing now because right now as your audience is so smaller than what it will be a few months from now, start practicing, especially if it's like video, start practicing now, start doing your Instagram stories now so that, you know, embarrass yourself now for for lack of a better word, you know, really get that practice so that when your audience is like in the thousands and thousands, you're not doing your stories or videos for the first time. Take that time now when it's really just your OG fans, your biggest supporters who are following you right now. And they're not going to have any like thing, anything's negative, any negative things to say because they're, your, they're, they're following you right now. And they're really supporting you from day one. So take advantage of this time where you have the, the, the luxury to practice your content and experiment without much judgment from people. Um, but that's the thing. If, you are worried about judgment. And here's the second thing. Really think about who are you trying to impress? Are you trying to impress people that you know 
who who aren't really even your ideal clients in the first place? And if so, for example, is it your past classmates, your current classmates, your current coworkers, colleagues, family members who aren't really your ideal clients? If you're worried about their judgment, then really think about why do their thoughts even matter in the first place if they're not even in the realm of your business? Um, but then if you're worried, if you're also worried about what are people that you want to help, what are they going to think, then I really need you to also think critically about what do they really need from you? Like, how do they, how do they need you to show up and how do you need to show up so that they can trust you more and see that you're the right person to help them? So really think about who are you, whose judgment are you worried about? And is it the right people? And if it's the right people, then how do they really need you to show up today so that they can trust you and DM you about your coaching programs, maybe a few for weeks or a few months from now, because it does take time to build up that, um, that sense of authority, credibility, that sense of no like and trust. Those things do take some time. So start now so that later on it becomes like, um, the, the effect of your content becomes more like a snowball. So right now, start small. You're like a little snowflake and then keep snowballing into like a bigger snowball and then like a giant avalanche. Um, so really take the time now to practice and not let that fear get in, get in your way right now because right now is really the perfect time to get started and embarrass yourself. That's such a great way to look at it because so often of the time I hear people who are saying like, oh, I don't, I don't think it's necessary for me to show up on video now because like nobody's watching. When in reality, those same people, they don't have the confidence to do it regularly or consistently. Um, and I think a lot of the time people want to make sure that there's, there's a reason for them going through this uncomfortable period and there, there's actually going to be people who are paying attention to them. But I love how you phrased it as you're not going to want to embarrass yourself in front of a lot of people. Like you're going to feel more comfortable embarrassing yourself when nobody is watching, because then when people do start watching, you're going to feel comfortable. So kind of like going along with that, like you are very visible in your, in your business. And, you know, as you were saying, like you did the Facebook lives before you did a couple of like Instagram lives and like you post pretty consistently on stories. So were you ever worried about what your friends or your family or your colleagues thought about your business? 100% yes. Um, so now much less, but especially at the beginning, very, very concerned about what my, my, um, old law school classmates would think, especially, um, because I just dropped out of law school and I started my business and then I was really worried about what people had to say. And apparently people did have a lot of things to say, but the point here I want to make is that, you know, really those law school classmates, none of them wanted to be entrepreneurs. None of them wanted to start their own businesses. So because as a business coach or back then when I first started, I was really focusing, focusing on helping people show up online and share their work and the message. So that was like the main crux of what I did back then. And now it's more like business coaching. But ba even back then, like none of them were even an ideal client in the first place. Like none of them had the intention of doing the things I help my clients with. So then, you know, of course, that doesn't mean that any of them would uh, not become a client just because they're not currently in that frame of mind of showing up online and building your brand and your business. Maybe later on, they'll become a paying client. Who knows? But my attention isn't focused on them. My attention is really focused on who are the people right now who will actually benefit from my, my work, my message, my story, my content, and really just focusing on these people. I think, um, because the thing is when we're so caught up in our own thoughts about what people are thinking, really from a very objective point of view, it's kind of egotistical to be so self-absorbent to protecting your own, your own ego, as opposed to really showing up and sharing your, your work and your message 
when in fact that you know very well that you have what it, you have something of value to help particular your particular ideal clients. So I think it's really just making a judgment of, are you, are you trying to, are you more concerned about keeping your ego safe or are you more concerned about making an impact in this world? Yeah. And I think this goes back to what you were talking about um, in the last question, but it's really important to realize that your audience needs you to show up uh, in a, in a particular way. Like maybe they, they care more about how you can help them and in your ability to like teach them the strategies. Um, and they don't really care about like the excuses that you're telling yourself or how, how you feel because they're more worried about themselves. Um, as with like everybody in the world, like it might seem like everybody is judging you, but I can almost 100% guarantee that everybody is focused on their own struggles and like their own, um, mindset stuff. Uh, and they just don't have the time or the capacity to be so focused on you as well. Yeah. And I just, I just remembered an example, um, as we were sharing that actually, when I was first starting out my business, there was an instance where I got, um, some comments on my post from an anonymous account saying that, you know, you should close down this fraud page. You have no qualifications to do this. So in that, this is a very rare example. I think, I don't think that I, I think for many people who are starting their coaching businesses, you're not going to get these anonymous accounts hating on your stuff. I, I don't think that's a very common thing. So that's the first thing. But if you do happen to be faced with like judgment, whether it's from an anonymous account or for people, you know, it could happen. I think it's really making the choice again, just really going back to the, the point we made earlier, which is, you know, what matters more your ego or making an impact on their people who really do actually will find value from your content, your message, and your work. And after all, you know, the fear of judgment is really just a very uncomfortable thought and feeling in your head. Like there's no consequences. There's, there's really no consequences of showing up and talking about your own opinions and experiences. Um, obviously, unless it's like very hateful and discriminate, discriminatory, then that's another problem. Mm -hmm. But if you're just sharing your own personal experiences that you know can help people, then there's really no consequences of you showing up and sharing your message. And, you know, the fear of judgment is really just, it all comes down to, are you able to sit with that discomfort and deal with it and process it in your inside and then keep moving forward because you know very well that what you have to say and what you have to offer is truly of value to someone out there. Yeah, exactly. And I saw this video kind of circulating on Facebook a while ago and it was about, I think it was like a bullying presentation at a school assembly or something. Um, but they were talking about how people's judgment, they're just words and they're just opinions. And what really matters is the power that you give to those words and their their actions because people can judge you all they want but unless but once you take it to heart and you start believing in what they're saying then that's when it can be really detrimental to your own business as well as your own mental health but when you kind of realize your own worth and you realize that what they're saying is just their own opinion and their own words then that's really when you're going to when you're not going to be so affected by um, people's judgment and it's not going to be something that you're worrying about so much. So as you mentioned, like you, you were in a position actually where you were getting some of that judgment and some of that criticism online. Was there ever a time where you felt like not showing up because of that? Yes, 100%. Um, yes, there were definitely, I mean, especially for that particular comment comments there was a couple of those comments no. from the exact same accounts it's just an anonymous account you, we, ne yeah. we never know who's behind the account but you know that and especially because i was at the very beginning of my business that definitely caused a lot of fear and anxiety about you know am i even cut out to do this but i think um 
what was really helpful was, was looking around at other examples of coaches who were doing it, who were doing very similar things to what I wanted to do and realizing that, you know, they probably had their fair share of um, judgment, maybe even hate comments or self-doubt that they had to work through and remembering that this is really just an obstacle that you, this is a natural part of the process, that fear of judgment is really a natural part of the journey. And when I really accepted that, um, you know, whether it's actual judgment or if it's like just in your mind, like fear, fear of judgment, perceived judgment, I guess, you know, whether, whether it's actual or perceived, really just remembering that, you know, there are other people who were able to work through it and keep moving forward and ultimately make the income and impact that they know they're meant to make. So I think that was really helpful for me. Yeah. And I think that's something that so many people or so many new coaches also struggle with is that they're worried of people judging them. But again, it goes back to what you were saying before about really understanding like what your message is and like what inspired you to to start your business. And I think when you can really hone in on the why and you can really um, keep that goal like alive in your mind, then that's going to give you even more motivation and empower you more to stick to doing what you're doing and to continue building your business, even when it feels like people are judging you and not being very supportive. Yeah. So another thing that I see with a lot of new coaches, maybe a little bit less so now, but I still think it's pretty prominent is that they're very focused on how many likes or how many views their content gets. So what would you say to someone who's so focused on these vanity metrics? Hmm. Okay. So I think, um, for people who really, you know, maybe they make a post and they're expecting to see like a certain number of likes in the first 24 hours. And they're really caught up in how many, uh, views their Instagram stories get, you know, I really, especially if you're just starting out and you're in the newer phases of your business, I just want to urge you, whoever's listening to this right now to remember that it takes time to really build up your brand and your business. Because I mean, um, you know, actually just because your post that you posted today only got like what one like, it doesn't mean that someone is going to come to your page three months later and co- go back to that piece of content and be like, wow, this is exactly what I needed to hear today. And that's the power of like posts that stay on your page for a while is, um, you know, you never know who will come back to it and find value from it later, even if on the first 24 hours, it didn't get that many, that many in quotation marks here, that many likes in the, the first um, day or so. So I really just want to rem- remind people that, you know, you are building a library of value. So, you know, that library, how can you, okay, so let me phrase it another way. So how can you expect um, people to pay you like, $2,000 to work in, with you in your coaching program. If you haven't even given like 2K worth of value in your, your, your library of um, content, because people really need to, to sense that sense that they can trust you and they need to sense that you know what you're talking about before they're ready to give you that money to help, to help uh, for you to help guide them to that solution that they're looking for. So I think that really just having that patience and knowing that things are working and that you're constantly improving every single day, just because I mean, it doesn't, seemingly work today it doesn't mean that it's not working it's just going to take some time for it to really like amplify its effects so i so i think the key point here and one thing that was really helpful for me to remember is that you know things are working my content is working it's just going to take some more time for it to like really 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 work and you need more pieces of content to like to really create that impression and that um that brand awareness or that impression in people's minds um, in order for people to like instantly think of you and be like, you know what, this person is the right person to help me. It really takes time to build up that brand and brand positioning. 
Yeah, totally. There's a, this really popular book going around called Atomic Habits, which I talk about all of the time, but it's really about how you have to do like small consistent actions every single day for a year um, in order to see a result. And when you're looking at the, the difference between like day 30 and day 31, you're not going to see any um, improvement or really any results. But when you look from day 30 to day 365, then you're going to see like an exponential amount of growth or a huge change in how you're even just showing up or going about um, building your business. And there was something else I wanted to say. Nope, I forgot it. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's really important to stick with the stick with it, even when it feels like it's not working. Because again, as you said, things are happening behind the scenes and everything is building upon each other to get you to where you want to be and to where you want to be super visible. And another thing also is that personally, I feel like we are kind of in a society where we're so used to having that instant gratification because everything is so easily accessible to us. And like, if you have a question, you can immediately Google it. Um, if you post something on TikTok, you almost like always immediately get like a hundred views within like the first 10 minutes. And I think we're just so used to seeing those numbers immediately that when they don't happen within the first half hour, we think that we're a failure or we think that we're not doing something right. And so we want to change every single thing. But again, you just have to let things work its magic and you have to let things play out through their entire course before deciding to change something. Ooh, it actually reminds me of a point which um, it's very similar to the, the delayed gratification part, which you, uh, which you just shared. So I think when it comes to Instagram in particular, because I know you and I are both very active on Instagram and I'm assuming that a lot of our the listeners who are listening to this are active on Instagram as well. You know, the likes that you get on your post, they don't really mean that much because for a lot of people who are listening to this, think of your own consumer habits. Like, do you like every single post you see? Probably not. I mean, even if you're following someone that you like, you may not like their post because you just you just can't be bothered when you're scrolling on your feed. You just can't be bothered to like stop and double tap, even if you saw the post and you really like it. Um, so a lot of people are just simply silent lurkers who love your work, but and they, they're probably thinking about working with you, but they just they just can't be bothered to double tap on your post. So there's a lot of factors to consider. You know, people need me actually. So a lot of my clients actually they don't even like my posts, even though they're my current clients. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, why can't like you know? But like that's the thing. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter so long as in their minds, it's slowly building that brand awareness and really positioning you in their minds as the right person to help them. As long as your content is doing that, that's all that matters, not the vanity metrics on the surface. Yeah, exactly. What tips would you have for new coaches who are maybe struggling to convert their followers into clients? Mm, okay. So since we're on, we're on the topic of um, content, let's stick with that theme. So I think um, if people are having trouble converting uh, followers into clients, then maybe let's take a look at your content first, because maybe your content isn't giving people a clear reason as to why they should DM you and work with you instead of another coach who is doing very similar things as you. So I think if that's the case, if you're not really, if your content isn't giving people a reason to differentiate you versus another coach, then I think it's really important to take the time and develop your own thought leadership, your own ideas, your own frameworks, your own methods, and your own opinions on your niche. Because I think um, for a lot of new coaches, what 
you can leverage, especially if you're not, if you don't have as much um, experience working with clients, is really just leverage what you already know and what you believe in. Like leverage those experiences, those opinions, and let that differentiate you, especially at the very beginning, because over time, you're going to get more testimonials, more experience, more clients. That's going to that's gonna happen naturally over time. So when that happens, you're going to naturally have more like social proof to uh, show the people your credibility. But right now, if you're still lacking in that area, leverage what you you already have. Really talk about your own opinions, your stance, perspectives, and your examples and stories. Yeah, I love that. Um, so kind of wrapping up the episode now, What are what's something that you wish that you knew when you first started your business? Ooh, okay. So one thing that I wish I knew when I first started out and one thing that I wish I was doing less of was comparing myself to these six-figure coaches who were sharing their monthly incomes and feeling like, you know, I should be doing more to achieve what they have right now because that created a lot of unrealistic expectations in my mind about what I feel like I needed to do because the thing is when it comes to the six-figure coaches or seven-figure entrepreneurs, they already have that team. They already have that time. They already have all the systems and all those things laid out for them. They already have many things going on. They have the time to develop their own thing to figure out what works for them. But for me, who was just starting out back then, I didn't have those things yet. And I think when I was constantly comparing myself with them, I forgot that those people that I was comparing myself to, they were once where I currently am back back in the day. And I think one of my favorite quotes is um, the expert was once a beginner because it really reminded me of, you know, like this is just a very natural part of the process, like being a beginner and being a new coach, like that's just a natural part of the journey. So how can I take advantage of this, this new stage and it really take the time to experiment and figure out what works for me? What, what's my message was my unique uh, stance on my particular niche. How can I really figure those things out right now and build my brand and business off of that really taking the time to develop my own thoughts um, ideas, frameworks, et cetera, instead of just comparing myself and even trying to like model after people, like that's, that's like a huge no-no, like don't do that. And because people can instantly tell when you're just being a carbon copy of someone else. I think to summarize that point, um, really just one thing I wish I knew was that I didn't have to look so hard at other coaches and feeling like I was doing something wrong or things weren't working, just really staying in my own lane and doing, and really taking the time to experiment. Yeah, I love that. And I think so often we look at people who are a couple steps ahead of us and we we wish that we were where they are. And so we try doing everything in our power to get there, but we don't realize that they have a team or even like a VA or someone who's assisting them and helping them manage all of their tasks. And yeah, I think as we kind of talked about at the beginning, when you're trying to do everything, that's really when you're going to burn out and you might even like lose some passion for your business. Amazing. So thank you again, Cheryl, so much for coming onto this podcast. I hope everybody listening got some really great information on building a strong personal brand, as well as how to create content that converts your followers into clients. Um, So where can people find you? Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. This was such a fun conversation and we packed a lot into this, I don't know, like maybe 40 minutes or so conversation. (laughs) So I'm really excited about, you know, I hope that the audience will take away a lot from this conversation. Um, Where can people find me? Uh, I am most active on Instagram. So you can find me at Cheryl Theory. So C-H-E-R-Y-L-T-H-E-O-R-Y. That's where you can find me, DM me, have a conversation with me and just have a good time. Yeah. I'll put the, the link to your Instagram in the show notes below. And for everybody who has been listening, I hope you guys go follow Cheryl, check out her page and send her your favorite gif of, I don't know, just look up like PhD in the gifts and maybe just find find one and send it to her. (laughs) Well, thank you again so much uh, for coming on. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone who's listening to this.
You just finished listening to an episode of the Build Your Own Business podcast. I really hope you found it valuable and you got some information that you can take away to start building a profitable online business. It would mean so, so much to me if you could take the time to subscribe and share it with your friends on social media so this message can reach hundreds of other ambitious entrepreneurs. While you wait for the next episode, you can find me hanging out at schneierclark.co on Instagram. Until then, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.